Hello, you're listening to Your Highness Podcast. I'm your host, Diana Crash, and today I am joined by J.R. Crash. How are you today, J.R.? I am doing awesome. We just had a most amazing spooky season, so I'm happy to be here, happy to be alive, and happy to talk about plant medicine. That's a fantastic attitude. <laughs> so... I try to have them every once in a while. <laughs> yes, because being married to me, you really have to. Um, so anyway, speaking of spooky season, even though horror movies are my least favorite genre, well, maybe not my least favorite, I guess Westerns might be my, are those still considered a genre? Westerns? I, th I, th I think so. I don't really see any Western movies coming out, but I'm sure. No, there are. I just think that uh, I j we're just not the demographic that that really looks for them. But I have seen things on like Facebook, like Western of the Year with Gina Carraro or whatever her name is. Um, we just don't we just don't watch them, so it's it's not on our radar. Okay, so horror movies are on my radar because I'm married to you, and it's your favorite genre. And from time to time, you get me. You get me to watch one or two, and one time you got me to watch a bunch of them in a row, um, and they were the Halloween franchise movies, or at least the first franchise. I don't know. I I had you watch. Well, I I had you watch different timelines. So you've seen the first timeline of one, two, four, five, and six, and then you've seen one, two, H two O and Resurrection, and then the Rob Zombie ones. And now you've actually you've watched at least some of the new timeline, so you pretty much you pretty much seen all of them, including the horrific, awful Halloween ends, which we just watched recently. Yeah, the only thing I could say for that is thank God it ended. <laughs> Am I right? Is this thing on? Yeah, <laughs> you are right about that, Jr. Um, I would agree because it was terrible, but it was not. Um, I don't know. I don't think it was real representation of the of the whole of all the franchises of all the iterations or whatever. I, everything I've seen up until this point, I would say that that was just a cash grab. And I like Jamie Lee Curtis, but maybe she just had to pay some bills. I don't know. I was it was really bad. <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, she probably had the single greatest line in the entire movie when she squished a pumpkin in her hand and said her infamous line that will be known for ages to come. I don't want to spoil the line for people, and it will make me have to check off the explicit language box, which will give us a smaller reach. So you'll have to you have to look for it yourself. Yeah, it might be worth to, it might be worth watching just for that scene. I don't know. Um, also, the the cameo um, from the Real Housewife, Kyle Richards, and the whole Real Housewife um, promotion machine that's attached to it. I don't know. It, just, it all added to the suspense, so I had to check it out. <laughs> all right, I'm saying this right now. All this will be entirely worth it. If next season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, we get to see Michael Myers spin around holding himself, whatever they hold in Beverly Hills, <laughs> with a nice little catchphrase. That would be a amazing. <laughs> I don't know if they'll do it, but that would maybe you should write to Andy Cohen. Yeah, he can spin around and be like, 
I won't talk behind your back, but I might stab you in it. Ha ha. And then, yeah. And there we go. I mean, I just, I just revolutionized Bravo for Andy Cohen here. Yeah. So I'll, I'll expect uh, his thanks coming. I mean, they're uh, getting shortly. close enough. They had the, the cameo of Jamie Lee Curtis on the real housewives. And then they had, Kyle on the movie. So, I mean, it is actually the next step. It's just organic, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's only, it's only a matter of time. So, since we're talking about scary movies and it's Halloween week, I figure we'll talk about our favorite horror movies. And we already did a little bit there. Um, and But my favorite, I would say, out of all the franchises, or at least all of the horror movies I've watched that don't make me terrified that they're going to happen in real life, <laughs> I would say that my favorite is the H2O out of the whole, the H2O Halloween, H2O, which was, I think, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's probably best performance out of all of them. And it also had a pretty stellar cast outside of her. And it had a great soundtrack. And like all late 90s, early aughts movies, it was aesthetically or visually <laughs> captivating. No, it was, uh, it was nice. I wouldn't say it was uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's best because I'm a purist. I love the first Halloween movie um, and the second one as well. But it was probably the the most enjoyable to watch. I would probably say H2O was probably the funnest Halloween movie uh, to watch. I agree. It didn't scare me one bit. And that's why I liked it. <laughs> it wasn't like that compliance movie, which still haunts my nightmares. Yeah. Compliance Compliance was a, a wild romp. That was a different kind of a horror. That's like a, a horror that you can expect to happen at, at any time. Um, all right. I'm going to go on to mine. Um, so that we can kind of discontinue the slightly awkward back and forth we have going on now that we ran out of stuff to say about Halloween H2O. Um, so uh, really, uh, up until last night, actually, I was going to go with Willy's Wonderland. It's a Nick Cage movie. has Nick Cage without a single line of dialogue fighting evil Chuck E. Cheese-inspired animatronics. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but then last night, I started thinking... Um, I started thinking of creation. Uh, so I'm actually changing my answer to the new Hellraiser movie. Uh, and I'm taking it back. When the first movie was made, it was actually written and directed by Clive Barker himself. He didn't like how his other creations were being handled when made in the movies. So he's like, I'm going to do this jams on my own. The original story, it, it dove into S&M and the limits and fluidity between pleasure and pain. And also the realization that though a creature can be the one that deliver the chains and hooks, it is our intentions and desires that seek them out to be delivered. And while these concepts uh, from that story became much more superficial in direction after Clive Barker left the production of the following movies, they did return to this concept beautifully uh, in the new movie, uh, the idea of desires creating outcomes we didn't want. And we're actually even seeing this in the industry we're in now. Uh, with the plant medicine industry, you know, we've opened this box, you know, we had this desire of creating this industry and we opened this box and we followed our desires. And, and this is what was waiting for us. You know, our desires of creating this, this industry um, have led us to an industry carried on the backs of those that can't even enter it. 
you know, an industry that we are now having a hard time even joining ourselves. You know, the desire that we had to create this this industry that would be taken seriously got away from us in a way that now we are in an industry that we don't even necessarily like. And that in production land is what we call an amazing segue to what we're about to talk about. Correct. (laughs) So, yes, this episode is not going to be a full one. This is basically a prelude to another segment, a little bit of a preview, if you will, to what we will be talking about a lot more this season, which is the quality of jobs in cannabis. Um, Like you were saying, a lot of people entered this space or began their careers in cannabis because they had a lot of hopes for something different. But unfortunately, under capitalism, (laughs) industries all pretty much operate in the same way. And that is to say, there is a lot of exploitation. There is a lot of inequity, inequality. um, And this discussion is ongoing. I've been seeing a lot of it in the media lately. And I, as a matter of fact, have actually contributed to that media when I recently wrote about the lack of childcare benefits that are offered by bigger companies in this cannabis space. Um, And a lot of the pushback that I received while I was writing that was that everyone's, you know, still trying to figure things out, but that's what every new industry says. And we can't truly be different if we're just falling back on the same excuses and the same practices. So while there is a lot of hype about how many jobs the cannabis industry creates, and I understand wanting to stay on the positive side and celebrate the wins, but we have to be realistic about the situation. Um, I see a lot of media around how many jobs are created, especially right now because of the recession. People are wanting to celebrate that fact. But the reality is that there's not a lot of focus on the quality of these jobs. And there are still a lot of barriers to entry beyond but not excluding having any type of drug convictions on your record. And JR, I know that you see a lot of this on the retail side. Absolutely. Um, I mean, let's just be factual here. Whenever we're in a situation um, under um, harsh capitalism, you know, the we're going to have a hard go of it from a, a worker standpoint. Uh, but primarily what we're looking at here is a reality check of, of the situation we're in. You know, we can't be expected to completely dismantle capitalism overnight and start from scratch. Uh, but what we can do is start pointing out some deficits in the industry right now with the root of capitalism to see if there's a way that we can't change those things now, at least, um, and just keep on pushing forward until maybe one day, who knows, maybe we destroy capitalism. But if that day doesn't happen, you know, just coming to the reality that this is the the box that we opened, this is the reality that we created, um, and what can we do to to get control of it again? Because right now it is completely out of our hands. Yes, and I I would probably clarify that by out of our hands, you mean the people who entered this space with altruistic goodwill 
people who came into this space to make it something different and not like every other industry under capitalism. It's the people that came in that created something amazing that had great intentions and were just looking to help people. You know, I see this every single day. And then they find themselves in situations that in order to maintain sustainability, uh, they may have to bring in a business partner or they may have to take a couple directions that they don't take, that they didn't want to take, but they have to. Um, and in time, things get spiraled out of control. And the thing that they once loved and created is now no longer even theirs. And one way of doing that is to have a lot of conversations and be transparent about all of our experiences collectively, individually. Just we need to have real, real talks, you know, and and not just keep it up up surface level and and focus on the toxic and basically we need to refrain from toxic positivity and try to focus on the reality and try to look for solutions like you said and we really want to hear from our listeners so if you have a story about your employee experience that you feel needs to be shared we will keep you anonymous um please email us at yourhighnesspodcast at gmail.com. And also know that you're not in this alone. You know, a lot of times people fighting can feel like they're in it all alone. And this is what this is for, to show you that that we are not alone, that we can unite. Um, and proof of that is, is our next segment. Our next segment is someone uh, fighting to create uh, equity in this industry. Isn't that right? Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, in the next segment, you'll hear from Martin Pierre, the founder of Canolution. But before we get to that, this episode is brought to you by Mitra Gaia. And that is actually the Kratom supplier that we use every single day. We, we've been purchasing from them for years. And so it is truly in alignment <laughs> that we are now uh, being sponsored by this company because Kratom is actually what got me into plant medicine. So I, I owe a lot to that plant and um, I'm just really happy that we are able to work with a company that is transparent and offers quality customer tested and also lab tested products. Um, and Luckily for our listeners, we have a discount code of 10% off any non-sale item if you go to mitragaya.com. That's M-I-T-R-A-G-A-I-A.com using the code YHPOD. So as I said, we will be talking about... We will be talking about a lot of things together, JR and I, <laughs> going forward in this season. And so this is just a little preview of what is yet to come. And we appreciate you so much for listening. And we really do want to hear from you. So please do reach out. And until next time, stay high and beautiful. Bye, everybody. You're listening to Your Highness Podcast. I'm your host, Diana Crash. And today I am joined by Martine Pierre of Canolution, founder of Canolution, I should say, not just of Canolution. Um, how are you doing today, Martine? I am doing good. How are you? 
I'm really good, actually. Um, and I'm excited to talk to you today. So before we get into it, uh, we're going to start this episode as we do every episode with our recurring segments, Fave Pot and Fave Not Pot, where we each discuss our favorite cannabis-related and non-cannabis-related item um, at the moment. So I will start, and I am going to talk about Flora and Bast again, <laughs> because I'm obsessed with this brand. Um, I've been using their age-adapting sleep tincture, and it has CBN, CBD, and CBC in it. Um, and it works really well. It works quickly and it doesn't make me drop groggy the next day or like feel like I'm kind of, you know, some of them can make me feel a little groggy if I take them too late, you know, but, um, this one doesn't. So you just have to make sure that you take it exactly as it says to take it. So what is your fave pot right now, Martine? Hmm. Does it have to? Okay. So I would say that and I don't get this often, but I had some chocolate-covered almonds from Canacraft. I think, what is the name of their brand? They have, like, this really good chocolate edible brand. I, the name is escaping me. Lord, I can't believe the name is escaping me. But but I remember the tin can because I'm in Florida, so I don't always get the good stuff. <laughs> right. Oh, I, Yeah. I know. It's terrible down there. I mean, it's kind of terrible here, too. But it's, I remember, I don't know how much it's changed in the last five years. But um, I don't it think. It hasn't changed at all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think, I don't think much. Probably gone in the opposite direction, if, if I'm oh, uh, man. not mistaken. Oh, man. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. So when I have the opportunity to be in a, a different market, like, uh, I'm like a, yeah. a kid in a candy store. Because- I bet. <laughs> because I have so much access to different things here. It's just oh, it's wild. The, it's wild. When I first started this podcast five years ago, I was talking to people in California and Colorado and they were like, it was like they were talking to an alien because <laughs> I, I was like, no, we don't have access to, we don't even have access to smokable right now, you know? And they're talking about like just going to any shop down the street, like just walking in, no big deal, you know, like they couldn't understand <laughs> almost, you know, it was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And it, like, there's no variety here. The medical program is sick. I mean, seven months to have to renew, like, why? Yes. Like, yes. what's three extra months? Please what? tell me, like it's just it, it's it's a terrible market, and then I feel like the vertical integration part of it like kills the competition. So like, there's like literally only six companies that run this entire market, and it's like, bro, like we need some diversity. Seriously, weed is not less. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. So uh, switching gears a little bit, we're going to go to our fave not pots. Um, I am going to say that my fave not pot right now is Abbott Elementary. It's a TV show. You can find it on Hulu or HBO or wherever you watch because, I mean, it's like everywhere. You can watch shows now, right? <laughs> Whatever streaming platform you can get it on. Um, it's a delightful show. It's, it's like a, the, the episodes are about 20 minutes long. So it's like just, it's like one of those things where if you just feel really just uh, down about the current state of the world. <laughs> this is one of those feel-good shows, even though it does have a, a little bit of darker humor and, and it's kind of like 
um, depressing in some ways because of its <laughs> because it's a reflection of the current school system. And as a parent, it's depressing to see that. But otherwise, it's hilarious and it's just a lot of really great actors. It's a delight. It's a treat, I'll say. <laughs> I I love the show. I literally just started binge watching the show and like. I've completely, and granted, I should have probably been watched it, but like, I'm not someone who watches TV so often. Like, I've just gotten into the routine of watching stuff again because I mm-hmm. had put myself into this, you're launching, you got this going on, there's no messing around type of mode. So uh, it was nice yeah. to finally watch it. And I definitely love that show so much. I think the writer, she's so brilliant, um, definitely is. deserved her award 100%. Mm-hmm. So um, so glad she's getting her flowers. Yes, <laughs> and I'm so glad that she was able to come back on and get Jimmy Kimmel like to kind of <laughs> give her another chance. I don't watch his show, but I was like, I want to see what he does to kind of correct what he did there. But um, anyway, she yes, she deserves all the flowers. She's amazing. Yes. She's so funny. Um, <laughs> so what is your fave not pot right now? So I would say my fave. I have so many. It's so hard to choose just one. And might sound crazy, but right now my favorite thing is just having the time to go outside and like really like be in nature for a little while. Like I being in South Florida and like living in Miami, um, I love the opportunity to just go to the beach very early in the morning, catch that early sunrise. <laughs> um that for me is probably like one of my favorite things because I've, I've become like a very early riser like I wake up probably by like 4 30 in the morning every day wow. yeah it took me a while to get here but um I definitely wake up like around 4 but I go to bed really really early but being able to like really have that time to myself I feel like it's like self-care but every single day because I'm like not without any I'm I'm by myself the world's not bothering me everything's slowed down and like you just get to have a good moment to yourself so I would say that is my fave not pot (laughs) that is the one thing I really miss about Florida is the beach like just going to the beach even when like everything in the world is just crashing and you just go to the beach and tune it all out so amazing it's the best feeling ever, I think. Just, oh, especially that early in the morning, I can imagine. It's probably magical. It is. It definitely is to see the 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 sun just rise. Like, when you just, certain views, man, it just takes you back to reality. Like, right? takes you away from all your problems. It's like one of those yeah. moments, like, you forget about everything. You just, like, realize how small you are. And, exactly. And, and the, yeah, in the space of things. Yeah, it's it's. That's nice. That's a nice one. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm jealous. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) So so can you start by explaining to those who don't know what Canolution is? Sure. So Canolution is pretty much an ed tech platform where we will be teaching mainly black and brown entrepreneurs because we want to solve the inequity issues in this industry. You know, it's really bad that this space is profiting off of people who have been put in prison. Like you're talking about 40 years of of people being 
brutally treated by the war on drugs. And then, you know, when you date back to prohibition being like over a hundred years, there's, I keep telling people like there's over a hundred years of unlearning to do with this plant because there's just so much that hasn't been unlocked. And then furthermore, like when you think about the different generations that were blocked from having an understanding of this, you're talking about baby boomers, you're talking about millennials, you're talking about Generation X, you're talking about Gen Z. You're dealing with four to five different generations of people who all are unlearning together. (laughs) So what Canolution is, is a community. We are a platform where we're building bridges so that people can be able to have conversation so people don't have to feel that stigma i think one of the greatest things like right now we're in beta and Mm -hmm. (laughs) the people that i assumed would be our beta testers and coming on would be gen z and millennials no it's the parents of the gen z kids and millennials like myself who are beta testers who are telling us hey um wow, I really want to understand this plant. I've never had an opportunity to understand this plant. And I just want to know more about it. I know my kid is interested into it. And so like, these are the type of people that we're seeing coming through on this platform. So we're building something that to me is like a really grassroots movement because we got started so crazy. Like it literally came from a tweet. And that's just how we're rolling right now. Like. We're just building the company out bit by bit. We're listening to our users. We're listening to their needs. And we're just educating the best way that we can. That's awesome. And let's talk about that tweet really quickly. I I know that uh, the tweet's what launched it all. So you saw a lot of response to that. And that's what basically called you to create this app. Exactly. Um, the, The thing that I thought was so interesting was that you know, I wasn't just getting responses from people who are in the United States. I was getting responses from people from across the boards. I was getting responses from people like all over the entire world. Um, I had people in Africa markets writing me. I had people in the Latin American markets who were writing me saying, hey, it's inequitable here too. You know, when you think about equity and you think about, you know, things that are going on in our own country, sometimes we're very blinded to think like, wow, this can be very well happening across the boards everywhere. So how do you solve this global problem? How do you solve this global issue? Right. And to me, the simplest way to solve this was to bring people together. Um, People learn in groups. To me, I think it's so much easier to learn in a group and I think it's so much easier to build in a group, right? So when I think about group economics, I think about people being able to talk to one another and they can be miles apart from one another. That's There's power in that and that's what platforms and social networks bring us. So we're no different than any other cannabis educational platform. But the key difference that we are implementing is that we're really here to solve a very unique problem. And in the same breath, we're building out a platform so that we can reach a much wider audience. So you're giving business tools to 
future entrepreneurs as well. Um, Precisely. Yeah, I I think this is definitely unique from any other educational platform that I've seen, um, especially in cannabis. So one part I don't understand, you can maybe help me with this because I don't understand NFT. I can't even say the word NFTs. I don't understand NFTs. I'm that millennial who doesn't understand them. Um, (laughs) So what does it mean that Canolution has an NFT entry? So when we, so there's multiple ways that you can join our platform too, right? One of the Mm -hmm. ways is by purchasing our NFT, which we haven't launched yet, which is also going to be very exclusive. It's just a different way of, creating more exclusivity for our users. These particular users who choose to purchase their Candolution University access earlier than others, they get different perks. NFTs, you know, a lot of people look at NFTs and they think of NFTs as being something that is simply, you know, a JPEG, but people aren't buying the JPEG. They're buying access to the community. They're buying access to the utilities. And that's what's most important for most of, and that's the NFTs that's actually going to thrive, right? The ones who have real use in the real world. Adidas came out with their own NFT, but what did they do with it? They attached a physical product to it. The people who purchased it also got a physical product from Adidas as well. So there's so many different things that you can do when it comes to an NFT. It's not just a JPEG. It's whatever you want it to be. You're creating a group. You're creating community of users from this particular image. And this image or whatever you want it to be, Coachella, for example, they had an NFT for their event. And the NFT was literally your ticket. You go and you go and you tap into your NFT. You go into your wallet. They scan your ticket and you were inside. So you can like have an event from an NFT? Yeah. So let's say, perfect example. I'm going to tell you what you can do with your podcast, right? Okay. So let's say you, <laughs> I'm going to give you an example. Give you some guess. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> let's say you want to drop an NFT for your most loyal users. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Robert Kelly, but um, mm-hmm. one of my mentors, I took a class with her to learn how to pitch. She talked to me about how um, this guy named Robert Kelly, and he talks about having a thousand true fans. And mm-hmm. he said that you don't need to have a million users. You don't need to have 2,000 users. You need a 1,000 true fans, a 1,000 people who are very loyal to you, who will make purchases. Now, let's say you create an NFT and it's for your 1,000 true fans. And they each have to pay $1,000 for them to get access to it, right? This NFT that you sell to them comes can come with a merch basket where you give them different items of merchandise. It can also give them exclusive access to behind the scenes, bloopers with you. It can also give them access to new episodes earlier than other people, right? You're giving them exclusive rights and you're giving them exclusive access to things that other people do not have. Wow. That's interesting. So How will this technology prepare entrepreneurs for the cannabis industry? So one of the things that I've realized, and I'm a newbie to cannabis, right? Um, But I feel like the one thing that allowed me to grow so quickly in this industry was building relationships. 
I think that one of the biggest things that we're doing differently is building a community where we're building people to have relationships with one another, sharing resources with one another, right? But moreover, we're not just trying to teach them the business of cannabis because we already have a list of people who are coming on board as instructors and they are people who have been in the cannabis industry. So you will be having master classes learning from people who have experience in this space. But you're also going to be talking to amongst one another. I think that innovation is going to be able to flourish when people have the opportunity to talk to one another from different markets. When Because I may be in the Florida market and I end up meeting someone who's in South Africa or who's in Colombia and they tell me about this amazing product that they have and I fall in love with it. I think everyone needs to define what equity means to them in the cannabis space. And too many times people are stuck in that idea of thinking that the only way to be in cannabis is to have a cultivation license or a dispensary. That's so far from the truth. There's so many different layers to cannabis. There's so many different ancillary businesses. I mean, the hemp itself has over 40,000 plus uses. So there are so many things that have not been discovered for this plant that you can be discovering with other people. So I think that's where entrepreneurs get the true value in our platform. Absolutely. And you have an extensive marketing background, so you know how difficult it is to put yourself out there in that regard in this space. So having an like a special area where you're networking and learning at the same time is so important because we have to connect like there's there has to be like you said, you're building a bridge. And um, that's really cool. So before we go, is there anything you would like to promote or do you have any calls to action? I'm sure those are probably two different questions for you because you have a lot going on. Um, well, sure. Um, definitely. So if you guys would love to, we're currently in beta. Um, we are probably going to be in beta for the next three to six months before we go public and allow more users to be on the platform. But if anyone is interested in joining the waitlist, you can definitely find us at canillusion.app. And, you know, you can definitely find us on social at Canillusion University and on Instagram and Canillusion U on Twitter. Awesome. And then do you have anything else that you would like to, like any other calls to action? Not really. I mean, okay. you know. <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> so how can people support the Canolution? I know you just said how people can get involved, but how can people help you with fundraising? Like fundraising? I, I know that you are approaching that a little differently, but how can people help you in that way? I mean, if fundraising, we're definitely open to angels. Um, right now, one of the things I think I've been really focused on is building the product. I think what we're building is so unique and the fact that we're able to have real users on the platform, like to go from a tweet, like for me, I always feel like this entire experience is so wild because I literally went from a tweet to like a legit platform. Like I have an app on my phone that I can log on to, but like I'm building like what? Um, <laughs> I don't come from that background. Like I literally come from a legit marketing background. I have no technical skills. So, you know, I think one of the things that the biggest resources for us is, you know, if you know someone who can help support our mission, 
we're always open to have a chat because I think that's the one thing that has helped us grow is definitely connecting with others and being able to grow with others, which is exactly what we're trying to do on the platform itself so that innovation can continue to thrive. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you spending time with me and telling us about this amazing technology. And I can't wait to find out more when um, it's available for me to check it out. (laughs) Thank you. It was amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Until next time, stay high and beautiful. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Your Highness Podcast or on Twitter at Highness Podcasts. Be sure to rate us on iTunes and subscribe.